0: Good morning and a very warm welcome to the career stories from the field. It's Friday. I'm delighted about that, but uh, even more pleased to have just come off uh, a fantastic call with Matt Wilmot. He's the group head of enterprise IT and information security at Fraser's Group. And he's talked about his really, really interesting career over the last couple of decades, uh, where he started in the financial services sector, moved in then to uh, hospitality and retail and now is working for Fraser's Group, which is a FTSE 100 company, so has a massive global stretch. He really talks from the heart, Matt does, and he's given a fantastic overview of the skills that are required in the the world of IT. Uh, He's given an insight into his time at PwC, so working uh, from a consultancy perspective, but also from an in-house perspective. Uh, And he's shared some really fantastic top tips for people that are looking to get into the the career uh, that he's in, focusing on IT and information security, both for uh, people starting their career, but also for career changes as well. So do have a listen. Uh, Do get in touch with Matt or get in touch with myself with any questions or reflections you might have. But most importantly, enjoy. Happy listening. welcome to matt wilmot uh joining me today for the for one of the episodes in the career stories from the field podcast so joined with me uh is matt but also a couple of persistent pigeons that are sitting on top of my office which uh, i can certainly hear so if you can hear them uh, i do apologize but they are uh, permanent residents. <laughs> so welcome matt
1: thank you thank you i've got some ducks so maybe you can hear some ducks because oh. they live to just back on, on my roof. So similar situation, a pigeon for you, a duck for myself.
0: I love it. I love it. <laughs> so let's get let's get started. How about um, sharing with us what uh, your job title is and, and where you work?
1: Yeah, yeah. So it's Group Head of Enterprise IT and Information Security. Uh, it was a title I actually made up because I wanted to encompass uh, various different parts of um, the role that that uh, reports into me. So um, for, for those that want to understand more about it, it's it's uh, infrastructure, networking, information security and data protection.
0: There's a lot of elements there. Yeah,
1: and th- this is probably why, not because I've got young children, this is probably why I don't get much sleep. I, <laughs> I'm always uh, always on call to uh, support the business should there be an incident or, or a problem which needs um, fixing.
0: Well, sounds, sounds fascinating I mean, there's lots of elements. Can you break them down a bit? Just give a bit of an overview of what the different elements mean for people that might be uh, a bit IT non-savvy like me.
1: <laughs> yeah, so uh, the infrastructure piece is all of the devices uh, that connect and um, link the retailer. So Fraser's Group is a retailer. So whether it's your, your, your robotics in the warehouse, uh, whether it's your tools in the stores, or whether it's users uh, that are working in a head office environment. The information security element of it is monitoring detection tools, making sure that there's no malicious activity within the network. If there is malicious activity, look at that uh, area of concern and quash it, close it down, and then report remediation actions. Then the latter part, the data protection. This is ensuring data uh, of our customers, our employees, is secured um, within our environments. Um, and uh, also look at how we can future-proof ourselves to ensure the right technologies in place to, to stop any breaches. Okay, a massive remit. A large remit, yeah, but obviously I do have a team underneath me, and it's always important to say in, in, uh, in these types of things that the team really support me through this, and I have to have the right people in the right position and working closely with my team. It's not all around having the right technical capabilities, it's having that team spirit, that that morale, and uh, working together through these things.
0: Absolutely, for sure. So you say you work at Fraser Group. Many people might not have heard of Fraser Group, but will have heard of many of the brands underneath. Do you want to tell us a bit about the organization?
1: Yeah, so Fraser's comes from, I suppose, span from the house of Fraser. So um, Sports Direct will be the, the main brand that people are aware of from Fraser's. A few years back, we bought House of Fraser, which then gave us the the, the rights to call ourselves or, or, or change our name to Fraser's Group. And rather than it being Sports Direct, and then all of the different faces linking into it, it was a brand new name, a brand new um, direction the business was going in. Um, there will be other faces that you would have heard of, like Flannels, um, um, Jack Wolves, Game. So it's a, it's an amalgamation of different uh, organisations that now has formed part of the group. It's not just facials, there's brands as well, so there's Slazinger and, and various other brands like Everlast and Lonsdale, uh, so it, it's a, a, a multi, multi-branded multi organisation as well as a multi So
0: that's really interesting. So your role sits above all of those?
1: Correct, yeah. So, so globally, um, my role is a, a, a global role, um, and I also support in mergers and acquisitions. So any future or potential acquisitions, I do um, information security and IT due diligence on, on companies that we are looking to buy also.
0: Okay, so yeah, broad remit. Interesting, mm. keeping you on your toes with lots of mergers and acquisitions. <laughs> <laughs> Ever changing. Yeah. So tell us, what do you particularly enjoy about your role?
1: Yeah, I, I, th- I think you've hit the nail on the head the diversity of it. So, um, the ability to get involved in some key decision making across the business and the excitement of learning either new organizations or uh, meeting new people and, and trying to figure out how that can merge into the overall group. It's fascinating, the the aspect of the organisation and the growth that it's had. And, and now being a FTSE 100 retailer, we're starting to really um, bring in those rigour, those controls, which we expect organisations of this size to have.
0: Absolutely. OK, so leading on into a day in the life. Give us a, yeah. a
1: walkthrough
0: in terms of the types of activities and things you'll be doing on a, on a, on a normal day
1: yeah yeah i don't have a normal day uh, no two days are the same um but i suppose let, let, let's use what i do on mondays because they're probably the more structured day um so the first thing i do is is have a session with uh, all of my directs and I, I look at um success from the previous week what's worked well what hasn't necessarily worked well and then what we're looking to do this particular week that's having the infrastructure teams, the information security teams, the mergers and acquisitions teams, the business systems integrations team. We all sit together for a good few hours on a Monday and, and just look at how we can either improve or where we need to focus this particular week. Um, these various different incidents that I, I will look at on a day-to-day basis as well. So I have um, a security operations centre that's constantly monitoring the environment and constantly looking for malicious activity there'll be various things that i i uh, will be involved in and and just cast an eye over and 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 provide guidance then i suppose finally um i'm always looking at technology always looking at what technology can improve and enhance what we already have I spend a lot of time with um Vendors uh, looking at technology looking how that could fit in our organization and looking to see where I could make cost savings across the business
0: Okay, so that's interesting when you talk about vendors Do you want to give us an example and and if you're able to maybe give us a bit of an insight into the 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 technology that you're looking at.
1: Yeah. 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 Yeah So um, I think Tanium is uh, a good example of uh, a vendor which I have brought into the organization and Tanium is a kind of like a discovery tool so Um, You install um, an agent on the infrastructure, and this particular tool can, using various different uh, techniques, can give you um, what operating systems are are currently running at that moment in time, what users are connected, and and what system versions uh, that particular device is using, and what patch levels. It's one of those tools which gives you so much information. It's vital in any MA activity where we would install this technology first on the environment. And then we were kind of able to do a bit of due diligence and say, right, we need to enhance these systems to this particular level, or we need to patch these particular systems before we're, we, we're happy with them being merged into our overall phases environment. So it gives us the ability to ring vents, monitor, keep that potential organisation, which we've acquired separately, before we want to merge into our um, overall phrases group. We we try to standardise what we do from a systematic perspective because that makes it easier for us to work off a lean operating model um, and makes it easier to have experts and and, and people who are subject matter experts in certain technologies, rather than having a mixed bag where people have good knowledge of it. If you standardise it, it just means that you can really um, future-proof you as an organisation.
0: Oh, really interesting. So you say that you really enjoy the variety of the work you do, you love working with the team, and uh, you enjoy bringing in and exploring new technology. Does that give you the meaning that you need from your role? Or is there something bigger?
1: It does. It but um, my background is information security, and I have moved into more of an IT and infrastructure world. And I think from my background, people who work in information security, you always want to protect the business that you're working for and you always want to prevent a breach from happening. So this links into that. So yeah, I don't want to be in an organisation and I haven't done everything I possibly can to prevent the organisation from having a breach. So I want to make sure that we are the best in that and in doing so, I want my team to feel that they are the best. So having technologies that are uh, making everyone's life easier is, is really important for me. So Yes, I would say the quick answer is yes, but the long answer is wanting to be the best and wanting to protect the organisation for the reputation of the organisation I'm working for, but also myself as well.
0: Fantastic. So those uh, those those values and the meaning is really important for you in your role. Yeah. Okay. Amazing. So let's go let's go back a bit. And uh, when you were when you were growing up, did you always want to be in this role?
1: No, no. I, I when I was growing up, um, I don't think computers were really a thing. But not, <laughs> not, not, that, not that I'm 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 obviously not a dinosaur, but um, spring chicken. I Matt. can remember. Thanks, thanks. I I can remember. Um, my dad has always been uh, interested in new technology. Uh, so as um, as a child, um, my father had one of the the first spectrums. And he, he, he got me into, into gaming. I'm not a huge gamer, but I like to do it to, to chill out. So I'm not one of these people that get home from work and they're on Call of Duty and, and they're playing until the early hours in the morning. I'll probably only go on once a week for an hour, maybe a couple of hours. But some of that is, is because of having young children, right? But I grew up around technology. Um, when I was uh, 10, um, I built our first PC. Oh, wow. Uh, my dad and my brother assisted is as in doing it. So it's kind of like a little pet project for, for all of us. but we built our own PC and um, it was pretty powerful. Uh, so the whole game amendment was probably a little bit ahead of the curve. So I, I, th- I think it's just that I've always been around technology and because my, my father's really interested in, in technology, um it, it's really helped me in this direction as a as a kid I probably wanted, wanted to be a footballer right like most kids <laughs> I couldn't necessarily see past sport, um but I always had a, a vested interest in, in in um business finance I've always been necessarily good with numbers so I I always did aspire to be in a management position so I I, I think I could always see myself being in a management position but not really growing up as in, in working in IT I think it's the seed that was set from my father, and then uh, some of the organisations I, I, I've worked in, I, I've slowly moved into the positions that I've, I, I'm in now.
0: Okay, so so really interesting. So that seed was definitely planted as a young age, uh, at a young age. But yeah. Uh, yeah, as you say, computers were in the very early stages. Who knew there was actually someone required to be a cybersecurity <laughs> expert. <Yeah. laughs> So, so that's that. That really brings us in nicely to to the subjects you you chose at school. So, did you do A levels?
1: I did, yeah. Uh, when I was doing A levels, so, though, I was still obsessed with sports, so it was really down the A level PE route and, and all ah. that. So, uh, but I did also do uh, business studies, and you have just reminded me of one of my subjects within business studies was. IT. Ah,
0: oh, there you go. <laughs>
1: well, I think it probably always was destined. Um, but I, I even at that stage I, I didn't ever expect to work in in IT. I, I think I was still thinking I, I, I might work in something to do with 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 leisure and hospitality. Uh, I I wasn't necessarily too sure where I wanted to go. It's not one of those things where, you know, certain people you hear, they always wanted to be a doctor. So one of the uh, school colleagues or school friends I had, um, he knew from an early age he was going to be a doctor and and he is a doctor now. Wow. I didn't have that thought or vision where I wanted to be. Um, And I I kind of have stumbled across this and um, I, I had some really strong managers that have, pushed me in the right direction and supported me. And that's what I try to do now with with my team, as as you know. I I, I try to guide them through um, experiences I've had in life and sometimes challenge people into a direction that I think they're better at, but I don't want to make the decision for them. I want to lean and take people on that journey.
0: Build their confidence, give them that insight to believe that they, they can actually develop. Fantastic. Okay, so you did your A-levels, you did business, you yeah. did IT as a module. What else yeah. did you do?
1: Um, uh, so I, I, I think it's, it's it's probably better to fast forward into my time in financial services because that gives people the, the real insight into why I am where I am now because it was a, a period in time where... Um, I didn't really know what I wanted to do, so I, I took a, a role at the first e-commerce bank, and uh, it, it's odd. Like e-commerce, we're, we're talking about um, banking, which was also like a, a firm interest of me at the time, but then also IT, and you're making me really think I was always destined to be in this role. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've been like this before. Did um, you go
0: to uni, by the way, Matt?
1: I didn't. No. Okay, very interesting.
0: Yeah. So you went straight into to work yeah. in financial services.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very and interesting. Th- that, that, that's that's why I was um like leaning to to this point because when I went into um, FS I I, I I was thinking I wanted to just work with numbers so I was, I was going through a a, a course of um, just solely working in numbers looking at credit control and all of that and then um egg had a horrendous audit which meant um, eyes were were on egg and people who knew the front end of the system needed to support the guys that were helping the auditors with the back end of the systems. And I was asked to get involved to demonstrate what uh, a front end person could actually do to support the back end to help the auditors. I never then moved out of that function. It was my first dip into what IT audit really looked like. My first, the first time I really thought, right, I know the direction of travel I'm going in now. I'm really enjoying this IT risk and controls element of, of, of work. Uh, it still gives me that numbers element where i'm happy with numbers um i i i, I can support the business I, I can help with audits i can improve um the audit score and it kind of really given that direction and that's when i started doing ISACA qualifications uh, say so that again ISACA. So ISACA. I, yeah uh, so it's specialized um information systems auditing qualifications um it then led me to my my role at Citigroup. Um, where I did IT risk and controls for Citigroup. So at the time... What, it was, a what was your job
0: title?
1: IT risk and controls analyst. Okay. So it was, uh, at the time, it was the biggest bank in the world. Um, and um, moving from an e-commerce bank, which was really a startup, with no real control to working for a big global US-led organisation, massive culture shock. But I bet. But now... Um, I feel it's where I really learnt my trade and how I really learnt to operate. Um, I I, I then, um, through um, various different roles that I had at City, I was learning, going around all all parts of the business uh, and and, and supporting with business restructuring, so learning the IT elements of the organisation to then move them to more efficient, more effective ways in other parts of the business obviously some of that came with um shutting down certain premises um but relocating people where possible and so quite a stressful time really like learning an it system and then moving it elsewhere but also having to consider what people what you needed in in that particular part of the business and, and whether they would relocate so it was quite quite a, a stressful period and living in a hotel at the time was oh, was, 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 was always on top of that as well but um uh, it, it, it then moved me into information security as well. So IT risk and controls. Controls is slightly different to, to information security. The controls are what controls are in place to, to protect the business. Information security is, is is really more encompassing where how can you protect the information? What do you need to do? And, and it can be anything from paper-based form back then because everything wasn't automated and computerized as it is now. Um, so some of the elements of my role was to make sure that once a business has been closed that there was no paperwork which had customer data in I, I i like i say i feel like it was my starting point into my career and i ended up being a business information security officer how long were you in
0: that post for
1: i was with, yeah I was, I was working at city for probably around 12 years wow. uh, so it's, it's the, the the biggest tenure i've had in in any organization um and it got to a period of time where the business was restructuring that merch that um, I was starting to restructure myself and I had yeah. to make this decision you know, <laughs> of whether I wanted to, to work out of the Canary Wharf office and and, and relocate to London. Um, I enjoy London. I spend a lot of time in London, um, but I never have, have had aspirations to live in London. So I decided it was my time to leave and like I didn't want to necessarily be part of that restructuring. that was where... Um, and, and that's when I really moved out of F.S. for the first time and, and, and moved to hospitality and retail. Um, so I, I worked at Mitchell's and Butler's, which is um, a pub chain and restaurant chain. So Harvester, Toby Carvery, all by oh, yeah. um, just to name a few. And um, uh, I, I set up the information security function uh, at Mitchell's and Butler's. So all the stuff I'd learned from a good practice from, from, from banking walking into hospitality it was 10 years behind the curve back yep. then like retailers are caught up now but it's still slightly behind the curve because um banking has the money the investment uh, had the best technology where retail are formed and designed to make money rather than to spend yeah so it's a slightly different concept um so setting up the function it was heavily outsourced and um again like i hadn't really worked with outsourced providers until that that point so it, it it enabled me to to work with third parties get the best out of third parties um but then obviously look at again developing and future proofing that business um i then got approached by next and asked if i would consider a role at next and who wouldn't it was on my doorstep in, in all honesty it's, it's like 40 minutes from from my house and next is a good organization right like it, it it's it, a big it's,
0: brand isn't
1: it it's always been profitable the share price is is is, is like through the roof it, it was one of those organizations which i was like I, I this this is working in information security this is is probably one of the, the best organizations that I, I i could want to work for amazing um, again setting up the information security team from scratch and um it's fair to say that there wasn't necessarily the investment in Um, next for information security but to see where the team's gone from when i was there to where it is now i still speak to the next team on a regular basis they're doing fantastically from an infoset perspective and to be one of the first boots on the ground to develop that and and build up that team i take a lot of pride from that and And the current current head of information security we we are in various different groups uh, together uh, so, so I, I regularly check in, and it's, it's nice to see that they're doing so well there.
0: Amazing achievement!
1: Yeah, and then I moved to PwC, and um, PwC obviously again um, an, an amazing brands or amazing company to work for. Uh, one of the big four, and um, I've worked in some of the biggest retailers, or and some of the biggest accounts across the UK, and and some of them globally as well. Um, it kind of took me back to my my, my, my basics where um, I was doing audits, I was doing assessments, uh, I was helping businesses move the dial and then improve their cybersecurity ecosystem. Uh, and again, it gave me so much confidence in, in leading some big engagements for, for PDBC. And I spent five and a half years at PDBC, and it's probably some of my happiest times as a, oh, amazing! Uh, a, within my career. Uh, had a fantastic team, both. Um, like in in the partnership that that was there but and, and also uh, teams that, that, that worked for me uh, I always look back always look back and enjoy the time that I had there and I, I again I'm still in regular contact with, with the guys at PdBC and, and even use them to this day uh, because I know elements of the business that they are the best at so it, it's knowing what to use right and and um, some of the things that we, we spoke about before some of the technology I spent a lot of time helping all the organizations buy the right technology for them um in, in their actual business. Uh, so coming to phrases again like I was approached by by phrases within lockdown, and it was a bit of a gamble in moving from like a really secure organization like PDBC um, to moving to, to phrases, which was a bit of an unknown to me because it was a new name. But the aspirations of the business, I was just blown away with the aspirations and, and what they wanted to do. It did take a, a fair bit of convincing me to, to leave PDBC, but the aspirations of the business, um, it was an opportunity which I couldn't turn down. And um, it was similar to what I've described in the past when, when I was in industry, building out the information security team. And I've built out the information security team from being just doing PCI, so payment card industry compliance, to being a 24-7 security operations center. Due to the good stuff that I did within Infosec, uh, I was approached uh, to take on extra responsibilities within IT um, and build out IT to what it is now as well. So that's a whistle-stop tour of of, of my career. Of a very
0: interesting and successful career to date. Thanks for downloading the podcast. I hope you're enjoying Matt's story. If you're looking to change career or just starting out, it's so important that instead of looking at the market, you look to yourself first. Understanding your strengths, values and interests should always be the starting point in any career maneuver. Once you have a better personal knowledge, you can then start to align who you are with opportunities in the marketplace. Don't try and fit yourself into a job. Make sure the job or career fits with you This helps you be more strategic and focused and land a job that you're likely to enjoy. Take a look at the career stories from the field Facebook group to access a variety of webinars and toolkits to help you with your move. Now, back to Matt. I'm interested. So you spent a large chunk of your career within, you know, in-house, in an in-house role and then moved into PwC. I mean, obviously, having the opportunity to work for one of the big four is, 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 is very attractive. You yeah. Can't turn it down. You can't turn it down. Can you? So, but I'm interested to know what you thought the main differences were as being a consultant and working for clients opposed to working in house. What do you think the main, the main difference or challenges were maybe that you saw on either side of the fence?
1: Yeah, I think, um, in-house like like having the um the issues in house before i joined PDBC was getting that funding from the board i think PDBC helped me in realizing how to present key messages but industry you really struggle to get that buy-in from the exec you're really struggling to, to get that buy-in from spending this money on information security products where the return on investment is not really that you, you can't really demonstrate where you are going to get the return on the investment other than you're protecting the free. So you don't want to scare these organisations or the or, um, you don't want to scare these people in these senior positions to want to give you money for fear of not knowing the unknown. So it was it's, it's really getting that funding. I suppose it was a bit of a culture shock when I, I joined PDBC because I was used to having a team around me and working together um, on, on, on quite a regular basis for... Like, these are incidents, this is what I'm trying to do day to day. PDBC, your day, similar to what my day is now, can be very different. You can be working on multiple clients. You can be in one location one day, another location the next. So it really taught you how to plan your life out. Um, so it really helped me in, in um, I, I, don't know, like, like mapping out my weeks in advance, so rather than just living for the day, you live for the month and, 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 and you really help structure yourself. I think the other element of, of P D B C you on the setting responsible for your decisions, you're making decisions in organizations, but you're not really right. You you've got somebody who is in my positions now. So you're advising them. So it's more of a trusted advisor role where you're saying, I I can see some potential gaps, some potential vulnerability. This is what I think you should do to fix it. You're not the one that's then asking for the money to fix it. You're not the one that He's on the hook if you make the wrong decision. So it, it, it's it's there's some slight differences, but there aren't that many differences because sure. I I worked with people in my position and I was I was really trying to help them and guide them and I I always told them what I thought was best for them, not what was necessarily the right cost-effective way. It was what I thought was needed from a technology perspective a people a process and the reasons why not just for the sake of doing it
0: sure gosh it must have given you an incredible insight into such a variety of industries and organizations and technologies it must have been really
1: fascinating yeah yeah definitely and within within the big four when you get to a certain level you you specialize in in an industry so because my experience at next in mitchell's and butler's i specialized in retail Uh, so i worked on some of the biggest retailers across the uk um, so, you're right, I, I, I learned what technologies they were using. I learned what technologies weren't necessarily working for them. And I also learned from working at PDBC, one technology isn't always the, uh, the right thing for different companies. You have to learn that company first. You can't just say, right, I, I really like technology A. So, I'm, wherever I go, I'm going to suggest technology A. It's not like that. You have to understand that environment and so you have to know what works best for that company and that organization.
0: Absolutely, a proper bespoke solution. Correct.
1: Yeah. So,
0: okay, that's been a really interesting overview of your career, and uh, so interesting to hear how you've you know you've progressed and built on the experience that you've gained as you've as you've gone through. Where you're sitting now, what do you think the critical skills are that enable you to do what you're doing now?
1: Yeah, uh, I think communication is the the real critical one um, for me. So understanding enough about what's happening below me to understand what I need to present with as well. So it, it, it's, it's a bit of a, a unique position, I suppose, where uh, I've got members of my team who are, who are far more technical than me, um, but I understand enough to make the decision. I can then relay that in a message to senior members in the business, which isn't going to scare them, going back to one of my other points. But gives them enough information for them to then feel comfortable that they are making an informed decision. So communication is, is, is vital for me.
0: And interesting, isn't it? Because I think many people think, oh, IT, it's technical. You don't, you don't really need all of those interpersonal skills, but you 100% have to, don't you?
1: Yeah, and, and I, I suppose in, in, if you're going back uh, 10 years, um, the most technical person was your most senior person. That's not how it operates now. You probably want your most technical people operating those systems. So there has been definitely a a shift change in in, in IT and the people that are are most technical aren't necessarily the best at communicating either. Uh, So it's definitely uh, IT's moving in a a, a different world and it needs to because um, in order to get that investment, you need to be able to communicate, but you also need to understand exactly what people in your team are doing.
0: Absolutely, so there's communication, what
1: else? Um I think um I I I think one of the main main things is, is structure as well. Understanding how to um structure your teams, um, structure yourself and structure your day. Um you need to ensure that um you have the right structure below you uh, to support you and support the rest of the business but then you need structure in your life so you can plan and you can develop and you can then allow your team to develop as well
0: absolutely so real prioritization organization but also the ability to understand the bigger the bigger picture and the system i suppose from within yeah. which you're operating so quite broad strategic thinking
1: yeah and that was going to be my my, my final point like being strategic right being able to develop roadmaps in order to articulate the vision um, of where you want to take um, the business, uh, your element of the business or your departments, which will then lead into the overall aspirations of the business.
0: Fantastic. So I'm going to throw you a bit of a curveball um, over your career, have there been... <laughs> I know, I sent you questions, not all of them. <laughs> Over your career, have you had any particular pain points, like real tra- challenges that you've had to overcome that you wouldn't mind sharing with us?
1: Yeah, um, I think I, I, we've spoken about it in, in the past and I, I enjoyed my time in financial services, but um, what you hear about financial services is is... Sometimes true, where it is quite a an aggressive, an um, aggressive sector to to work in, and there's been times where I've had people shouting at me, and um, the old way of management I never want to bring back because I'm a, a people person deep down, and I like to develop my my teams. Um, so I, I've had times where I've, I've had the hairdry treatment at me, and it really demoralised me especially when it was done in front of other people. So it wasn't even done um, in in a one-to-one. It was done in front of other people, really just to put me in my place. And there's times where you think, would I want to be back there? And the answer is no. And um, would I want to do that to other people? And again, the answer is no, because I want people to feel valued and empowered. And I'm, I'm glad those days are over.
0: 100%. Was it you that told me about the car park?
1: Board. correct yes tell, tell, tell yes. us about
0: this <laughs> it's
1: unbelievable uh, so um, if within financial services and I'm not sure whether it's done across the board and I have mentioned where I work so i am got to be careful <laughs> um, but uh, there was um, a period of time where um, there was this element we, was explained to us about a car park chat so a car park chat is where Um, you pretty much parade someone round and you give them a ticking off, but um, people can potentially hear this because you're walking past people. So it's not having that one-on-one and everyone knew what was happening because everyone was trained in a certain way. So if someone was taken by a certain individual for a car park chat, It was pretty much things that you shouldn't really say in front of people, but it was in front of people, so people could hear elements of the conversation. But you could never piece it all together. It's shocking, um, isn't it? That's kind of (laughs) shocking.
0: The the walk of shame
1: (laughs) made me stronger. Made me stronger, and the person I am today, right? So, absolutely,
0: it's funny, isn't it? How you know practices within organisations has changed in twenty years so significantly. I mean, you just you would well. Maybe in some organizations that would still happen, but uh gladly uh, and thankfully it's um hopefully more like not not so prevalent okay, Matt thanks, thanks for sharing that uh, and it's it's interesting, isn't it that you know you go through these experiences in your career and and have really can have really negative experiences with management and leadership I know I did and I'm probably the similar length into my career as you so you know looking back 20 years as you say, Mm -hmm. the hair dryer treatment and and things like that uh, were quite common and really demoralizing and um, you know through those experiences you learn don't you and you learn about the leader and that you want to be and that certainly sounds that you've reflected on all of that and have you know embraced a lot of these positive um, Mm -hmm. leadership capabilities i'm interested in uh you saying that you, you 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 became really effective at planning your life at with such a big remit tell us how you manage your work-life balance uh,
1: and uh, i suppose at this moment in time i don't do it very well um, <laughs> that's my life that that is no i i'm, I'm i try not to work past 9 p.m which probably seems quite late um but arguably i i try really not to work past six Um, So I I plan my day out and and I do plan my week out as well. So Monday is learning what happened from the week previous and then planning out um, the rest of the week. Friday is just understanding whether something's, gone bad and whether we need to fix something before monday they're the two days that i really plan out more than anything and and i catch up with all of my team again on a friday so i've got that friday call as i i told you or meeting depending on whether we're all face to face or 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 what um but then i meet everybody individually on the friday so it's kind of like one-to-one day for me um then in the week it, it the tuesdays to wednesdays to thursdays are are where i'm looking at technologies or having meetings with suppliers or uh, having project meetings where trying to understand where projects are or, or input into projects so i kind of structure it that way um i do try my hardest not to work into the evening with having two young children i want to spend time with them and that that's kind of like how i how i do it but as i've said before the types of roles that i have reporting into me if there's an incident I am called out. I do jump on calls and I do uh, speak to the team because I don't want them to feel isolated. I want them to feel, even if I'm just there to to guide and, and make suggestions whilst they're doing stuff, I want them to feel we are a, a team and we, we work through these issues together. And if they're working into the early hours, I'm working into the early hours as well. Um, so um, come the the weekend, um, I always make sure I, I, I do, Uh, something with with the family. I do spend a couple of nights away um, if I've got meetings in London. So if I'm away, I I, I try and um, make sure that I'm there for bedtimes, right? So reading to the children, the the children reading to me. um, But then uh, as I was just about to allude to on Saturdays, I just try and make sure that I, t- I take my son to football in the morning. He's only three and a half. Uh, so it means that I, I get involved in the football. My daughter to dance. And I try and give my wife a bit of downtime as well because she has to take the brunt in the week. Sometimes I'm exhausted and, and she probably will say I, I should be doing more, but um, <laughs> it's hard. Oh, yes. And then <laughs> it's family day where we don't have anything planned so we just make sure that as a family the four of us and and the dog we, we all um spend sundays together every week without fail it's the only day where we don't have either anything to do uh, with the kids I, I very very rarely have anything to do on on a sunday unless there is an incident and and touch wood there hasn't been in my 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 two years at fraser so far um but sunday's the day where we, we just really do family stuff
0: oh that's lovely and embrace it and love it because i tell you i've got two teenagers they don't want to do anything with me anymore (laughs) so enjoy it oh that sounds brilliant
1: forward to that as well though like having a bit a bit of time back right and and i I do feel guilty and i i i suppose i i shouldn't but i do feel guilty when when i'm away um and i try and limit the amount of time i'm away but if i've got two days of meetings in london it is kind of pointless me coming back and then going again because it's wasting time I might have to to work later into the evenings when I'm back so I I do stay over um, but I try and limit that as much as I can
0: yeah yeah it sounds like you've got it you've got it planned out nicely
1: hopefully hopefully
0: (laughs) (laughs) okay so for those that are listening, that might be starting off in their career and are interested in the uh, in this industry and in this type of job role, what advice would you have for them in terms of uh, whether it's education or job applications, attitude? What what, what
1: advice do you have? Yeah, I, I'll start with attitude. Um, I I think it's really important for someone, in particular, that that, that works in information security, that um, the attitude is you just keep digging deeper. You, you want to learn as much as you can about what that user or that behavior is doing to try and make sure you've learned from that and you can stop it in the future. So just having that um, vigilant and that 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 um, articulate eye on things and the attention to detail to make sure that you fully understand what you're looking at, why you're looking at it and what it's trying to do. I, I also think... Um, what I've learned is certifications are good. They give you confidence that you understand the the, the work um, that you're, um, you're doing. Once you've got that confidence, it's all around experience. So get experience and exposure to as much as you possibly can. And then you can lean back on the certifications you've done uh, as best or good practice. But it's really the experience. You've got to really ensure that you are raising your hands and you're getting yourselves involved in whatever you've got an interest in because if you've got an interest in that you're enthusiastic about it and you will want to learn and you'll enjoy um, what you're learning i constantly uh, am, am looking and reading into breaches attacks uh, i get various different fetting cells into me because i enjoy that, that that side of it my parents said uh, just going back to a few points you asked me earlier, they always expected me to be like a James Bond character. I didn't think I like <laughs> honestly, I am. Um, so I, I've, 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 I always liked looking into the detail, and I am a detailed person. Um, and I, I suppose never allow no to be the answer. If someone stops you from doing something, understand why they don't want you to do it. And uh, if you think it's the right thing to do and um, continue with it um, as long as it's 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 not law-breaking I <laughs> yes caveat <laughs> yes. Yeah.
0: so attitude attention to detail don't take no for an answer be proactive yeah. Yeah. do you have any different advice to somebody that might be I don't know let's say in their 30s 40s that think I really want a career change and I want to get into that that sounds really fascinating do you have any different advice
1: um it's never too late for a career change i, I i'm trying to think when i i was probably mid-20s when when i had a career change so not far off that so i always thought like i said i wanted to work in finance and, and then information security and and, and it controls came came knocking and, and i never really looked back so i i think yeah don't be scared of starting at the bottom i i, I was in a fairly senior position um again through working my way up and then I took the plunge into just being an analyst again. I, I was managing teams and, and I went back to being managed, but I was being managed by someone who I could learn off. So I, I, I think never be scared um, to have that career change in, in whatever period of your life it is. Uh, and, and then just realise that the, the person that is now managing you is someone that you can learn off and, and, and develop from.
0: Absolutely. And I suppose you talking earlier about those skills that are absolutely critical. They are um, transferable. uh yeah. Directly, And if you think that you might have 10, 20 years of experience under your belt in a different job type or industry, that is probably going to give you a massive foundation from which to learn and develop quite quickly.
1: Yeah, and I, I, we've, we've spoken in one of our, our, our sessions where I hate the word technical, like people in IT are technical, people in, in HR are technical. Um, people in finance are technical. Everyone has their own level of technicality in their particular specialist field. Just because I understand computers doesn't mean I'm any more technical than anybody else. I'm more technical in my field, but they're more technical in theirs. And that's the other thing to, to take from it. it, it it's, you can be technical at whatever you want to be. If you've got a vested interest in it, you will learn it in your own time and you will learn how things work. Absolutely. So, never be scared.
0: Never be scared. I like that. I like that a lot. So finally, then, what's next? What's next in the career?
1: Who knows what's next? No, um, I'm ambitious, as, as, as you can probably tell from from the organisations I've worked in. Um, uh, I, I, I would love to, at some point, be on the exec of an organisation. Um, I would love to um, have a a more wide reaching role as well so I, I i've got a lot of experience from all the different organizations i've worked in uh, and in some different sectors as well so I, I i feel i've got a lot to offer from from what i have i've learned and what i've experienced so i would love to be on an exec and, and then a non-executive director as well after that i, I can't ever see myself retiring no. <laughs> <In> my <middle.
0: laughs> yes what, what's that <laughs> <laughs>
1: So, I, 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 yeah, I, I would, I've always got uh, an interest in learning or, about organisations and, and then advising organisations of, of, of what I've learnt in the past.
0: That sounds really interesting. And I have absolutely no doubt you will achieve those things and be amazing at, uh, at it whilst you're doing it.
1: Let's hope, let's hope.
0: <laughs> oh, I have no doubt. But thank you so much for spending this time with me.
1: And I'll see you soon. Yes, thank you.
0: Thanks so much to Matt Wilmot for joining me from Fraser's group. He has had quite a journey to date. I hope he brought you some inspiration. Did you also hear the top tip in the middle of the episode? I'm going to share a tip on career change and finding the job you love in each episode and the timestamp for that can be found in the show notes, so I hope you found that useful. If you're enjoying Series 2 so far, please do give me a rating on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and share a link to the episode with your friends. To ensure you never miss an episode, and I can assure you I have some incredible guests lined up, then follow the podcast. Until next time, have a great working week.